podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this, whatever time you're having your Sunday dinner, tea, whatever you call it. This is an Anfield Index special. We have subtitled Rage and Catharsis because Christ knows after yesterday, there's probably a mix of the two that you're all feeling, people who are listening, so welcome. And Christ knows... Everything is probably justified or on the table, realistically, after yesterday's decisions, games, all those types of things. So I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, kind of lightly simmering, I'd say, at the moment. And I'm joined by the renowned, the respected journalist, one half of the Scouser Tommies, Jim Boardman. Jim, maybe a load of question this, but how are we? Yeah, as a... Uh... Yeah, I use stronger language maybe off air, but yeah, maybe I'll still come to use that. But yeah, um, extremely fed up. How about that? <laughs> yeah, probably well subtitled that, absolutely. And <laughs> guys listening, you know we're going to get to it. We'll get to all the, the referees, the PGMOL, all the stuff you know that I'm sure you're all talking about, tweeting about, dying for us to, to get into. But there is certain things we do want to go through around the, the Spurs game, Jim, and Especially because this may be tough in the current climate, but I do want to kind of start with the positives because for me, there were a lot to sort of take away still from that game, hard as that may be to believe for some. I suppose let's go from the top. What what were your honest thoughts on yesterday's performance overall, 10 and 9 men at times? I, I was I was actually very proud of them yesterday, I'll be totally honest. Um, I've said time and again about Liverpool that when... Um, right at the beginning with Klopp, he said um, we we conceded a goal against Southampton. He went back to one one, and the players' heads dropped, and he was sort of like going mad. There's still ten minutes. You can react to this better. You can go and get one up the other end. You know, it's not all over. You know, when he kind of joined a despondent Liverpool who'd sort of got used to sort of as soon as a setback happens, thinking, "Ah, all worries me. There's nothing we can do about it." Um, yesterday, the right. setback was the sending off, which. Um, and in the in the course of a game, you don't know as a player, was that a fair one, a harsh one? You've no real idea. You've got your feeling, but it's after the game when you might find out it was perfectly justified or the opposite. But the thing is, at that moment in time, it's happened. Refs aren't going to change their mind um, as much as Virgil might have tried. Um, it's happened. You've got to get on. And to me, that was the that was what I loved most about yesterday was every single time we had a setback, and I can't count them all, we, we sort of kept our heads high and just kept going and kept going and kept going. And the performances from front to back, I'm struggling to really fault anyone. And if I did, it would probably be for the sake of it. Because I just, you know, I'm really, really pleased with the way they responded. If they can play that well under all those awful conditions, then, you know, it bodes well for the future. And um, if if I've got to say anything critical about them is sometimes I wish we didn't need 
to react to something to get ourselves in gear. You know, that's sometimes how we've ended up conceding this season. But I think, you know, every single game that's gone by, I've seen less and less of that um, little signs of complacency that we can sometimes see. And I've seen this sort of side of, you know, absolute determination that we're going to win a game no matter what you throw at us. And didn't quite work out yesterday, but God, it wasn't going to be easy, was it? Yeah, absolutely. As, as thing as some tweeted up or out, well, it did feel like we were playing against 12 at times specifically, even more if you count everyone involved. But yeah, I think I think you're right. You'd be really clutching at st- straws to really sort of pull anything apart. I know people have talked about, you know, conceding again, first of all, but I think it, it didn't quite feel the same as a, the sloppy one, shall we say, that we've seen a few times this season as well. And I think you're right. It's it's that adversity, it's that setback. These Reds just seem to be reacting so differently. I mean, I might be wrong on this, see if you feel the same, but last season, and, it, you know, got to go there a little bit for this one, I just felt if that had happened last season, we may well have crumbled. I know we can talk about legs, midfield and all those, but does it does it feel different for you mentality-wise this time around? Yeah, it does definitely. And I mean, I mean, I don't want to start um, leading to Jordan Henderson as an example, but as a captain last year, you can imagine him, he'd have been on the ref's case, um, shouting and screaming at the referee to the point where, you know, you'd have almost needed to have someone else to sort of drag him away from the referee. And, and you know, that could have easily been a, a distraction from Jordan, the way the way he tended to be later on in his career for us. He, you know, he was good at shouting at refs, but sometimes not not good at picking his moments, if that's the right way of putting it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think, I think the the character last season, there was that, you know, at times there was just that sort of air of like, you know, everyone's against us, there's nothing we can do, as opposed to everyone's against us, are they now? Let's show them what we can do. And it's this sort of little little subtle difference. Um, every single player yesterday just seemed to be up for the battle. Um, and I've heard hints of it before. I, I can't think if it was when McAllister was sent off, maybe, and it was Dominic that was saying, um, you know, as soon as that happened, we, we had to sort of make, you know, we had to fight for him, the play we'd lost. You know, we wanted to do do right by him, the play who'd gone, and we made up for it. And I, it was either that or one of the other sendings off we've had. There's so many. Um, it it yeah. was just, a, you know, and it was just, that's the thing. We brought players into the squad who know this is the right thing to do, you know, and that's why, you know, people go on about the transfer committee and players we miss out on. So vital to get the right kind of players into this club, the players who fit, the players who understand that, you know, how, not just how the club works and how it's always worked, but how, how club works, what our expectations are. I've said it time and again, you can put someone on the pitch in red who's not one of the best players in the world, but if they give everything, they'll get a round of applause and from the clock, you know, they'll get the name sung and they might even end up a cult hero if they can score a last minute winner in a derby or something. Get someone with all the skill in the world who puts in a half-assed performance you know, and they're going to get found out. They're not going to be loved. Um, the ideal world is you've got someone that's got the, the skills and the attitude, and there's so many of those that do yesterday. Yeah, too, right. I think so So many got more more than pass marks, really, it's fair to say. And we've seen all the, the tweets, which are absolutely right. We've seen that that one of Jürgen showing his, you know, his heart, encouraging the team to show heart. And th- there were so many, Jim. And I, it's almost like I don't want to sort of go through the, the whole team because we could be here all day yeah. eulogising them somewhat. But maybe, to, but in, a great, in the best possible way, it may be a bit tough, this one. Was there anyone who sort of impressed, stood out, would you say, from yesterday, from the others at all? I think one player who often doesn't get mentioned enough is our goalkeeper, Alison Becker. He makes a difference so many times and I've said this before that 
years and years and years ago, everyone was going on about Manchester United being the best club of this, that and the other. And it was always Eric Cantona and players like that that got the mentions and got all the praise. And to me, the, the player that made sure they won the league was Peter Schmeichel because the guy at the back yeah. put them out of the, the, the mess so many times. Um, and when he left, you know, their, their form started to suffer. There was, you know, the, and it was pretty obvious to me at that time. And fast forward to now, and the, the, the most important signing we've made arguably under Klopp is that goalkeeper because there's so many other great players, but you know, none in that position where you're expected to turn up every week and put in the performances that you need. There's games where he doesn't need to do much, but the thing is, is the, the kind of player that's alert when he is needed. He, you know, and he saved us a couple of times yesterday and kept us in the game because you True. know that 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 could have been the difference. You know, any of those had gone in, um, you know, different game, isn't it? And I think that that's one player who stands out for me. Um, but yeah, it's it, front to back again. You know, there's, there's just so many. Um, if I was going to be critical of anyone, the only real criticism I've got is Diogo Jota. Um, just having a moment, a momentary lapse of judgment. You know, his first yellow wasn't wasn't right. Everyone can see that. The second yellow, you know, it's just having that bit of common sense to think, right? What kind of a referee have we got here? I need to just not make any mistakes. Now I'm on a yellow anyway, um, and with this ref, I can't get away with anything. So, um, but even that, I can't fault him madly because under the circumstances, we were sort of under the cosh. We were trying hard, um, you know. It's easy to have a momentary lapse of judgment, I suppose. But really, that's the thing. That's the only player I can think of that I could give any real criticism to because I certainly won't criticise the player that got the own goal because, you know, (laughs) for him to play a whole 90 minutes at that intensity when we were so short on players and to make what was really just a mistake with a tired mind, tired body, all the rest of it, I cannot fault him for that, you know, and I'm pretty sure his teammates won't. And I'm sure most Reds won't either. Yeah, I'd agree wholeheartedly with all those things. I mean, Christ, we're like seven, eight games in and Alisson's already compiling his highlight reel, isn't he? Like this game, Newcastle, all those types of things. Like we literally have got the best, you know, maybe a generational, who knows what people will judge that later on, but what a player. Yeah, the Jota thing, I I agree. It's hard to sort of lambast the player, but probably a shortage of street smarts would be the right phrase about it. You know what this ref's about. You know what they're trying to do. Just just be smart about certain things as well. I know. And we'll smart your own that. cases too as well, I think. You know, I've said this before. We've got five decent forwards now and we only tend to play three at a time. So there's two lads always going to be on the bench if everyone's fit, two lads knocking on the door, you know, and someone's going to miss out, whether it's through slight lack of form, maybe picking the right play for the right game or or resting someone. Whatever reason, you might miss out on a game. So when you do get a game, it's so important to kind of just, just put everything into it and, and make sure that you give the manager a tough decision next time out. And instead, the next time out, he'll be banned for a game because he's got a red. So, you know, it's, it's all of those things together. But again, it, it, it feels wrong to sort of pick out anyone because... I think as a whole, we just fought. And everything up until that point, you know, he he hadn't really put a foot wrong, really. So, Nah, very true. And even like you said, probably a lot of Reds, maybe similar to myself, I'll hold my hands up on this, had a few concerns about Joe Almatip or Joe Gomez getting regular time at the start of the season. I'd be completely honest about that. It's not been sort of perfect for them. But I think, you know, especially the last few games, You've got to hold your hands up and say they've done pretty well. And I know people will, will look at the goal and things like that, or the goals. But yeah, I, I thought for 99.9%, like you said, just a bit of tiredness, which you can't blame him for at all at the end, 
Matic was absolutely superb yesterday alongside Virgil. They, you know, even Gomez at, at right back, they gave everything. Yeah. Fair play to them more than any. And it's interesting you say that because probably I was thinking maybe one thing as you start to you try and move forward with it a bit, Jim, is that based on what's happened, I'd bet good money if anyone would allow me to take the bet that Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota will probably be starting in midweek now, won't they, with a few league games being missed and that type of thing. I mean, probably you look at that with sort of Europa around the corner. We The herd might have been thinned a bit, so to speak. We're fingers crossed with Cody Gakpo. We really are. We don't know how bad that is yet, but, you know, we're touching wood, fingers crossing everything. We're looking at Curtis suspended, for a few league games, Jota probably won, you know, so they're starting. Are you thinking anyone else that, based on tiredness, are you kind of formulating any like they're going to start against, is it Union, I think, San Jose, however it's pronounced in midweek? Is there anyone else you're thinking nailed on for Europa as we move forward? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Darwin's got to start in that game. I think um, he's due. He's due a start, isn't he? Um, I think in midfield, I can see Endo getting a game. Um I just feel like, yeah, it, it's the, it's definitely a game that you'll, I mean, a bit like last time out. If anything, maybe the last team we played in the Europa was, was the tougher team of the three that we're going to play. I don't know. That's um, right. You know, everyone will have their own thoughts on that. We've got to show some respect, but we, we managed to make 11 changes last time. Um, you know, so in, in other words, two games in a row, 22 different players started, started the game. So I can imagine it still being the same with the goalkeeper getting the change. Um, Jones, yeah, I would say he's going to start. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got the armband again, like he did in the League Cup. Um, I thought he did quite well in that game. I mean, playing in an unfamiliar role, really, he, he did well. The way, he, I mean, I'm still impressed with the way he got them all into a huddle before kickoff, you know, and, you know, properly lived up to being the captain, you know. Um, that would be a good, a good response to me in a lot of ways, true from Klopp, true from Klopp to say, here you are, lad, here's, here's the armband. The only reason he won't get that is, um, if Trent starts because Trent needs games now, doesn't he to try and get himself back into it? So it'd be interesting. Yeah. He looked up for it yesterday. He looked fit enough. Um, and if he is, you know, it'd be good to give him an hour at least. Um, and that's what it kind of turns into, doesn't it? You know, giving plays that are going to miss out for other reasons. So yeah, Jota maybe, maybe gets another game because he's going to be rested after that for one. Um, and then, you know, just making sure other players are getting games. But yeah, I think it, it, it will be a, it will be a kind of second choice team that he puts out, but it's not a completely second choice. And, you know, even in that Europa game, there's, there were players who other clubs would, would love to have in their starting lineups. Yeah, absolutely. And what is pleasing at the moment, there's quite a few, like you say, forcing the conversation, even praying it's not too bad. It was great to see Gakpo on the, the score sheet as well. Yeah. There was five firing forwards as well. So, yeah, the well may continue. And we'll find I out. Well, though, I'm just thinking, though, as well, I wonder how many of the 11 that played yesterday and certainly the nine that finished, you know, I'm almost begging to be allowed to play on Wednesday. Um, you know, like us, they're going to be desperate to get back into a game again. So, I don't know, make amends for what happened. Yeah, I think you're right. It it may even be, and you'll never know this behind closed doors, but there's a part of me that you hope Jürgen just makes the call and tells like Moe's a Bosline McAllister, you boys aren't anywhere near this, to be honest. You've expended so much energy recently and there's bigger yeah, fish to yeah. fry, so to speak. So yeah, it will be interesting, but they should be hungry again. And you could just feel that yesterday, that sort of relentless energy. So Keep it going, turn it around quickly and on to the next one. And <laughs> before we go on to the next one, you know we've got to get stuck into these. The, the PGO met OL, yesterday's decisions, everything, the names, all those types of things. So 
obviously time's passed now. We've all slept on it. There's the cold light of day, etc., and the reflection time. What is your gut telling you about not just the game, because we talked about that and the positives, but the officials yesterday, now that you're looking back on it, what's your kind of overriding feeling on it, Jim, honestly? Honestly, is um, I really don't know how they can be working in this game, getting paid good money to work in this game and, and get away with it, Scott, free time and time again. Um, you know, the VAR, according to what we've heard officially, it was a serious human her- error, something along those lines. Yeah. You know, um, I, I can think of better ways of putting it. But then the rumour, and again, it's a rumour because PGMOL haven't got the guts to just come out and tell us the truth openly. Um, they've let it sort of leak out that um, the VAR thought it was... It had been awarded a goal. So when he said check complete, he was meaning check complete, the original yeah. decision stands. Now, <laughs> that feels like complete nonsense. And really, I just fail to understand how how anyone could be in a job doing that. As I said on Twitter, if imagine if these were healthcare workers, if these were uh, train drivers, um, you know, firefighters, anything like that, where you're doing a job that other people's lives depend on, you're just doing your job the way you're trained to do it. Um and when you say cold light of day, I did think I'd be a bit calmer today because it usually happens. Um, I was thinking I'm so glad I wasn't on Raw last night because that might have been um, explosive. If I, if <laughs> I'd been. Um, you know, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, a bit of time to reflect, a bit of time to calm down. But I mean, the more I look at it, the worse it feels. And then there's a story broken by Paul Joyce today um, pointing out that three of the people involved yesterday were over in UAE uh, refereeing a match there on Thursday night. Um so, and that includes the VAR, and that includes the assistant VAR, and also the fourth official, Michael Oliver. Now, it's what, a seven and a half hour flight from, from the UAE to the UK? Yeah. All the messing about at the airport, all the other usual nonsense that you have. Then, you know, to get, to get to that game on Saturday. I mean, this is the reason Liverpool don't play as many Saturday games this season, because we're playing games on Thursdays. You know, we don't play till Sunday. And even that isn't always great if it's an early kickoff. Why on earth are referees involved in a game after being allowed to go out in midweek to UAE? And apparently the FA got the request and the FA told um, PGMOL about it and Howard Webb said, yeah, fine, go ahead, go and do it. Well, I'm sorry, if this had been not football, and I know a lot of people say football is, you know, more important, as Shankly said, more important than life and death. Yeah. But, you know, if this wasn't football and this had happened, had, you know, people would be on the block. People would be getting sacked for this. There'd be serious repercussions and all kinds of recommendations coming out of it to avoid it happening again. Yet, is that going to happen in this? And this is my frustration in this, is that there's always been this sort of um, protective ring around referees that whenever they do anything wrong uh, and you complain about it, you get fined, you get banned, you get warned about your future conduct. You know, Jurgen Klopp's in trouble for speaking his mind about referees. Um, I mean, quite apart from please, let's have some leeway. We're all only human ourselves, aren't we? And we're angry after a game. We're going to speak out. Give us a bit of leeway in that. But even then, when they're wrong, the FA will charge you. They won't do anything about it. They won't come along and say, you know what, you were right. It was a bad decision. They don't explain what went wrong. Um, And it's been going on forever. I mean, I've already said, I think on Monday I was on Radio Merseyside, and I think we said the referee in that game was one of the few we didn't really have much to say about, um, which was last weekend's game. Um, obviously the ref on Wednesday comes along and redresses the balance a little bit with decisions <laughs> that he didn't have the assistance of AAR to be fair, but you know, um, that was a blatant penalty right in front of me on Wednesday. But, you know, on Monday on the radio, I said it was good 
not to keep talking about the referees all the time, you know, not to really notice the referees as much, you know, and that's the problem now. Every single podcast I do about a game, whether it's Raw or whether it's Scouser Tommies and we're looking back on a game, we're talking about the ref to the point that the only time we don't sort of, you know, well, even when we're not talking about the ref, it's because it's the one week in six where we said, well, he actually wasn't that bad. We shouldn't be talking about referees all the time. They should be sort of seen and not heard almost, you know, they should just be the man in the middle that you hardly notice and, um, and another thing with refs as well is, I can remember years ago, people were going about how great the refs were here. And I wouldn't say I always agreed, but maybe, you know, maybe you could kind of understand it if you were being really kind and everything. Yeah. I can't think of a referee now you would say is a good referee in this country that you'd sort of proudly put forward as your country's representative to, to the World Cup. There's nobody, nobody. I wouldn't recommend a single referee from this league to referee an international fixture, you know, on each. England's behalf on the English FA's behalf and the FA have allowed that to happen you know they're not doing anything about these referees they're not they're not clamping down on poor performances um I think the PGMOL get paid something like 15 million a year by the Premier League which now I really can't think how that gets spent where it goes if um I mean that's what roughly about 750,000 three quarters of a million pound per club if Liverpool had spent 300 you know three quarters of a million pound on some work being done at Anfield and it was bad. We'd all be up in arms about how it was wasted money. You know, I mean, it, it feels like it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of football. You know, it's, you know, for Man City, it's probably a day's wages for some of their players <laughs> yeah. with all the money they've got. But it is still a lot of money. And if you'd spent a lot of money on something and you were getting such poor service, you'd be, you'd be complaining. Now, I mean, in this country, we can't, um, we can't complain about poor water service because we've got, only one choice of a utility company for water. If we're getting poor... Um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. You know, poor customer service with broadband. Well, we can maybe switch to another provider, things like that. Um, but it, you know, the clubs are sort of stuck with PGMOL and there's no incentive for them to do any better. There's no one, you know, no one's sort of watching them, regulating them. They just regulate themselves as the PGMOL said in their statements after the game. Um, they're going to conduct their own investigation into it. Well, what's the outshot of that going to be? Where's the transparency? Um, so much more of the controversy in football wouldn't happen if we just heard why they made a decision. You know, sometimes we're wrong. We're blatantly um, wrong. We're saying that was never a foul. But then if you actually listen to someone explain, well, actually, it was a foul and this is why, or, you know, that was offside because it was this bit of interference that took place. At least if we know the explanation, we can start seeing, is there inconsistency or is it just us not, no, you're not not understanding the rules properly, not understanding the laws of the game properly. But, the fact that they keep it quiet suggests to me that there's something to hide and the FA are quite happy to let them keep hiding it. 
Yeah, it, it does seem start. I mean, I, I can't disagree or almost argue a single word on that. I mean, the thing about the, the PGMOL statement, there wasn't really actually an apology there, so to speak, in there. It was no, almost no. a gaslight, gaslighting element, so to speak, for us. And the other thing that, that kind of staggers me, and, and I don't know him personally, I have no idea, but he clearly seems to get some sort of leak or insight. I'm sure you've seen it, Jim. Dale Johnson tweets a lot, doesn't he, with the, the details. So it's obviously one that's being leaked to, as you said before, Fed. Yeah about the whole, you know, that which it, it almost, I think they thought it would make it better without anyone actually thinking about it realistically, saying that oh, the VAR and the assistant VAR thought he'd given the on-field decision as a goal. I mean, do they realise what they're actually saying to the public or what they're declaring about themselves there? That just seems absolutely staggering. Beyond belief to think that would be a good idea to put that out and as though, oh, that's fine then, lads, that makes sense. Like, do you actually realise what you've just said? It's and also then, like, it's the lie, isn't it? It's a lie and I think... Yeah. And that, I mean, okay, you're not supposed to say people are liars, so maybe maybe I'm wrong, but my, my view of it, from what I have, I have seen, it feels like it must be a lie. Um, if for nothing else, the, the screen said quite clearly, um, the caption we see on screen as viewers, saying that it was... Um, Offside goal, um, I can't remember, you know, goal disallowed for offside, checking yeah. decision. It made it clear the goal was disallowed. So there's no way that they at Stockley Park aren't getting that same information on in text, but it's supposed to be watching the game. You know, it's, I don't know. I mean, if this was a 3 p.m. kickoff and there were loads of games on at the same time, maybe, maybe they're all in the same room making a load of din and distracting each other. Then again, that's still wrong, but there's a little bit of understanding there. But this was the only game taking place. What you know? How how can you get it so wrong? What was your assistant VAR doing, and why do we pay them? I wonder why we pay assistants anyway a lot of the time because they don't seem to do much anymore anyway. Yeah. There was a time when an assistant would actually um, flag the referee and say, "Look, you've made a mistake here." Look, and then they'll talk to him and say, "Look, I think you know I saw it from a different angle. It was this. It was that." I can't remember the last time I saw an assistant get the referee's attention to say to him. Um, you might have got it wrong, mate. It's just, they just won't admit they are wrong. And that's the biggest issue. It's arrogance. Yeah, absolutely. That, do you know what? That was the word I was thinking, arrogance. Because we talk about, you know these words, respect, integrity, oh. all the things that are supposed to go, you know, two-way street. But then again, we, we I mean, even SOS now put a statement out about VAR and understandably and how it's all working with the PGMOL. You've got, like you said, those three officials go in to the UAE around 40 hours before a game. I mean, why would you do that? It just opens yourself up to questions around your integrity, doesn't it? Who We know yeah. these questions, Jim. Who's paying it? Who's authorising that? All those types of things. It used to be that back in the days, is going back a while ago, the FA were even loath to reveal who referees supported and followed. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. Now, Everyone knows. Usually they've got it on the you know Twitter or social media accounts if they haven't taken it down from the abuse type of thing. It just seems bizarre. And then the other thing that, and listen, I hate, I despise, and I don't want to be seen as giving these blurts any credit at all, but even the likes of Keys and Grey, Canal Plus, all these other providers have got this up on their screens, haven't they, in their studios type of thing and showing you like, this isn't, it wasn't just close. It was miles on, wasn't it? There's yeah, no other yeah. way of phrasing it. Miles on. Simple as that, isn't it, really? It's not close. 
it's not close. And I mean, you're looking at it, you don't need to draw lines because there's lines on the pitch and you can see, you know, with, with your own little estimate, uh, what fraction of the line, you know, how far he was from the, the line in front of them and how far in front the other guy was. You, you don't need, you know, unless those lines are diagonal on the pitch or something, which we know they aren't, then um, it, it was obvious you don't really, really do not need to even draw a line. Yet, I mean, I get it. Referees make mistakes. Officials make mistakes. And I would argue almost that if there wasn't VAR, maybe that assistant would have had a bit more of a think about it and maybe, you know, wouldn't have been so sure about whether to put the flag up. But the thing is, I'm sure the assistants are thinking, well, I've only got to be fairly right because the VAR will come along afterwards and make sure. You know, if it's an absolutely obvious one, I'll flag even while play's going on, maybe. If it's not absolutely obvious, then I'll flag what I think it is. But luckily, VAR can come along takes them a minute if they've got any brains how to do it and draws a line and off we go. I mean, that wasn't one of those armpit ones, was it? I mean, we've seen so much, you know, controversy nah. because, you know, was his foot, you know, I mean, sometimes just, just freeze framing a video shot, you're not sure if you're really getting a true picture of where someone was because you can get a bit of blurring and stuff like that. But this, this, you know, this was nothing like that. This was just, I mean, it was just blatantly obvious. This, this is the kind of thing that would have kicked people off in the in the eighties when we were watching Match of the Day and things. You know, when we didn't have HD TVs and all the rest of it, you wouldn't yeah. have missed this one. Um, but you know, it it just it's just it just doesn't surprise me. And I just find it astounding that no one anywhere can sort of explain how it was allowed to happen. I mean, why do they even just say check complete? Why aren't they just using a bit of common sense that anyone in any form of communication role would use, which is that you'll say check complete goal should stand you know check complete goal should have stood you know what just just fairly simple words what you're saying is you're not just saying check complete you're confirming what you believe the decision should be and if the ref goes hey i'm gonna be it it wasn't a goal then you you can deal with it can't you you know then you can have a conversation and the uh, uh, var at that point can say no no it was onside and then the ref can go right well in that case i'm changing my mind it was a goal you know embarrassing for them internally we maybe wouldn't have even yeah. needed to know then but that is another thing why is it the only sport i can think of you know sort of played on a pitch of this size if you like where we don't get to hear what the referees are saying to each other we don't get to hear the decisions as they're being made the explanations so much more of what goes wrong in the game that causes controversy would be so much easier if we understood what the ref's thinking was even if we don't agree, we kind of understand, yeah. you know, and that's the difference. They just don't want us to know. They want us to just assume, like you said, respect. We should have respect for them and we shouldn't really need any more than that because we respect them. We should believe everything they do is correct. Clearly not. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, every other sport, rugby and the cricket, the obvious ones, aren't they? You hear what the refs are saying to each other, yeah. the, you know, the third umpires, as they call them. It's clear they even, you know, question each other sort of out loud, but in the correct manner. And it's like you said, because I, I am not for one second trying to absor- absolve the on-field people. But like you said, you think, even if I flag, I'm not 100%. I think he was, but if I flag, it gets checked to make sure you've got that, you know, base covered. And listen, I'm not not for one second defending Simon Hooper. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen this one as well, Jim. There's that bit where he stops play, doesn't it? You know, as it goes out for a throw. Yeah. And you can see he's got that thing you know, when someone's talking to him in his ear and he's trying to be covert about it, he's doing a terrible job. And just momentarily, he puts that little up towards his lips, doesn't he? And then he takes it down. And you get a feeling, was that like, we fucked up here, lads, and that, nah, just play on, no one will notice type of job. I mean, oh. is there any other way of seeing that? 
I don't think so. Not not with what we know now. I can't think where else he's said. I mean, um, I mean, if the PGMOL want to refute that, well, they can give us the recordings of it at that point, and let's say what was really said. Maybe it was something, um, something you know, miniature that minor that doesn't really matter at all. I doubt it. It just feels like. Um, they knew at some stage that that had gone wrong and they would have passed that word on to them, whether it was Michael Oliver telling him, whether it was the, the VAR telling him. Yeah. Um, someone said something to him. They've heard, they've realised. Um, and you know what? I mean, I, I do think this should be the trigger for some sort of serious investigation into what happened and what went wrong and how we can fix it. I mean, technically what people are saying is that if he had been told then that had been a huge mistake made because game had already reached the game had already restarted he can't go back well why not nothing had happened in the couple of minutes whatever it was it was more yeah it wasn't it wasn't like 20 minutes was it it was a few minutes really i'm sure that that incident you know that that look on the face uh, well nothing had happened just reset it go back to that point at that time on at the end you know hold your hands up you've made a big cock up but you know what that make you look silly but at least a bit of justice will have been done and we can all carry on with the game as it would have been. Um, but no, and I just think there's questions to be asked about so much. Why? Why was the referee running over to the screen after being told about his yellow card on Curtis looking at a still image that would have had everyone thinking that it was a definite red card? Yet what replays we'd seen on TV at home showed us that it maybe wasn't because when you look at it at normal speed and you look at it from all the angles and you see what actually happened, it was, you know, it was just one of those fair tackles at, at most 50 50, probably not even worthy of a yellow in all honesty, never mind a red. Mm. And that's, that's what Curtis was saying at the time. He's saying, what are you talking about? That was just a tackle. You know, by all means, I mean, people get caught in football with all the best intentions in the world. People get hurt in football. It doesn't mean there was anything malicious done. It doesn't mean there was a foul. People get hurt. People have come in together. It's what happens in the game. Um, how on earth they could justify having that still image on the screen? So before he's even seen a replay, all he's seen is this, what looks like contact on the shin from, from Curtis's uh, studs. You know, um, why wasn't he shown more replays? Why didn't he ask for more replays? Why didn't he ask for more angles? Um, maybe tiredness kicked in from the VAR room. Sounds like it. Yeah, it's there's an interesting tweet about it. Someone, someone's put it out, and it's fair play. From the time Simon Hooper gets to that VAR screen and he stood there, that still, that image is on the screen for six and a half seconds. I mean, you can't really get any more subliminal than that, can't you, what they're telling you? It almost feels like, and again, you try not to delve into conspiracy theories, but if you put that up, it's like, listen, we're going to show you this. This is giving you a foolproof ammunition here for what we're about to do type of job. So, yeah, yeah, it, it does seem an absolutely mental one. I mean, I did want to ask you about... Go on. I was going to say quickly, who decides what goes on the screen as well? Is it the VARF that, that's sort of holding the pause button and, and that, or is it some operator? Because, you know, maybe that's something else that needs to be looked at as well, because... You know, with all, with all due respect, if the person in the room doing the video operations is a football fan, he probably supports someone. And if he supports someone that isn't Liverpool and really wants Liverpool to lose, well, again, it's in his interest to, um, you know, make sure the referee sees that. But again, the VAR man should be kicking in and saying, no, 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 take that off the screen, get us back to the beginning and we'll show it in from the beginning. Um, and as you said before, in other sports, you'll hear them saying that. You'll hear them say, like, like, take me back to the beginning. Can you show me from the other side? Can you show me from the back? Um, I don't know. It's just pathetic. Sorry. I'll let you carry on. No, absolutely. It's hard to, to sort of disagree with any of that. I mean, there is a, a few other decisions. And 
mad to say, but some of them maybe not quite as controversial, but I did want to run through them with you. Gomez penalty shout against Van de Ven. Anything in that one for you at all? It looked um it looked close enough to me to have a proper check, you know. Um but again, how many times in a game do we just see these things just let go? So yeah, it's difficult. Um I don't think no, I, I'm I'm not sure on that one. I'm not sure on that one. There's so many, and I think if, if you hadn't been for the game, it was we probably would have looked at that more closely. Um, what are you thinking? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, I, I actually thought, and I thought at the time, Nothing wrong with that. I just start. I did start thinking as much as you know, and your head's going probably like you at this stage after everything that's happened. <laughs> but I did start looking, thinking if you just take a step back for a second. If they're going to start giving a pen for that, we are. And I hate this cliche, but we are going to be giving ten a game type of thing. I thought it was a yeah. decent tackle. To be honest, if it was the other way around and one of our boys had made that, would be like great tackle, well in type of yeah, thing. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of ticked that one off as the only thing I was going to give the official, shall we say, for the <laughs> afternoon. I mean, probably, I think, like me, you might think differently for this one. I know we've talked about Jota's second yellow and street smarts, but Jota's first yellow, honestly? Uh, it, it, I just don't, again, I don't get it. And I think this is, I mean, you might come to another decision in a minute that kind of goes along with this, but if you're going to have a referee that's basically going to say um, everything by the book, so... He thought it was a foul, and therefore, in the situation it was in, it's therefore automatically a yellow. If you're going to have a referee referee in games like that, well, there should have been some of the yellows for the other team, definitely. But that's about the only excuse you can do. He didn't see it, but again, why Why wasn't his linesman helping him out? You know, I think we, we see it on TV. We see it from a certain angle, maybe not the same angle as him. Um, yeah. But, I mean, common sense tells you. I mean, as someone said, um, he's got a dodgy knee. He's hardly going to use his knee to clip someone, you know, who wants to clip someone? He's not going to put his knee in the way, is he? Because, you know, he doesn't want that um, flaring up on him again. Um, but even at sort of normal speed and even, you know, even sort of taking my biased glasses off for a moment, I just think any any sensible referee would have just thought, you know, it's a bit of a coming together. Maybe I'll award the foul. Um, it's not an automatic yellow. And I just, I just don't understand why he did it. And I saw him do it with another decision where he's sort of wandering over, shaking his head, thinking, you know, he's just like, he's just gone into that mode of, um, you're all your own worst enemies here. Hey, I don't really want to book you, but I'm going to have to book you because you're all your own. It's that sort of attitude. Yeah. It's like, 
my arse. You know, you don't need to book anyone. I didn't see him pull anyone to one side and give him a talking to, which referees used to do. You know, you'd almost have like, you're, you know, you're on the brink of a yellow there, lad. Um, yeah. I'm not going to book you this time. You know, and maybe that's what should have happened for the second yellow adjusters. Look, lad, I should be sending you off now, but your first yellow was quite minor. I'm going to just, you know, just you're on a warning now. And that would have been more of what I would have expected from referees in, in football. And I'm going back a long way here. For years and years and years, that's what you've seen from referees until just lately where that all seems to have gone out the window. It does seem mad. I mean, I keep hearing this phrase. It's a bit of nonsense where it was a, like an orange card, not a red type yeah. of thing. I think, like you said, it it wasn't a dirty game, but Simon Hooper was giving cards out like Candy. Now, an experienced ref, I'm thinking, and it is going back a bit, but it's right to say, when he starts to bubble or brew, as you know, he just calls the boy over and they just take a little walk together and just have a chat to say, like, yeah. even, you know, you might even call a captain just to say, listen, lads, this is just starting to simmer a bit and I don't want to yeah. start, you know, handing cards out. Let's just be mindful. And that way, it's that line in the sand where everyone knows, do you know what? If you do it, you've deserved it. You've had your warning type of thing. There's, you know, there's no arguments in that regard. But just this almost belligerent shake of the head towards players as though it's completely your fault for yeah. nothing fouls or nothing events. And probably on that theme, you probably know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Mo- and... and it wasn't quite Bernardo, you know, riding him like the Kentucky Derby in that game. But Mo Salah comes out with a yellow card was the big take. I mean, where do you even go with this one, Jim? It just, it's just, I mean, this is why, this is why people are talking about corruption and thinking that there's something more sinister underlying all of this. And although I'm not of that view, although at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out there was some sort of dodginess going on and people had been getting backhanders. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a mixture of incompetence, tiredness and arrogance, really. Um, and it, but, but that's, that's exactly what plays into the hands of the conspiracy theorists because, um, it was easier yeah. to book him than to give the decision that maybe we, we would have wanted, maybe the decision that was right. And also, um, for some reason, that then precludes there to be any kind of VAR check. Now, maybe at that point, they'd actually fallen fast asleep back in the VAR room. They didn't even <laughs> know what was going on. Um, but from the replays we saw, there was a question to be asked. I don't think the question got asked. And again, um, you know, bad to give the yellow, but where's the backing from the VAR? Um, Hooper should have been taken off by this stage. Um, there's some of the stuff he'd done, but as a team, you know, as a team of, of officials, it just it just summed up their day, didn't it? Um, on another day, that would and 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 this is why I don't want to sound like I'm just saying this, you know, sound like a conspiracy theorist myself. But you can't help but think that if that had been Man City against Spurs, that there might have been a different outcome. And that's this is what winds us up. And and maybe just because we watch our own team a lot, we see more of it happening to us. Um, I don't see it happening to Man City that kind of thing very often. I can't remember the last time I heard them come away from a game on a regular basis telling everyone about how bad the ref was. I mean, I know they do occasionally and once in a while it's even justified, but they don't seem to get the same rub of the green from refs that we do. Yeah, it it is a tough one. I'm kind of like you because you don't want to get taken down the sort of conspiracy theorist rabbit hole that everyone, you know, it's against Liverpool, <laughs> it's conspiracy, all that type of thing because, you know, where does it stop? Well, other teams quite rightly will highlight bad decisions against them and all that type of thing, but, the big thing I come back to is 
don't give fans a chance to do it. Let's not. Why? Why did the PGMOL do it with the the Paul Tierney thing, the Anthony Taylor, you know, where they're from, the decisions, that type of thing. Why are they going to the UAA? Just don't give a chance to it almost. Well, that's another one, though, as well. You were saying before about them not sort of going on too much about who who these referees supposedly supported. And, um, I mean, there's there's part of me thinks that everyone who's into football supports someone, but I know people who claim to be neutral, certainly from the media. You know, journalists will tell you that they are genuinely neutral or or they support some really low-down team. So from the Premier League point of view, they're neutral. But it's not about who you support. And, I mean, you'll know this, I'm sure. In the North, um, there are lots of people outside of Liverpool who hate Scousers. It's kind of, yeah, uh, you know, it goes without saying that there's this sort of instant thing of not liking Scousers. And not everybody's like that. A lot of people have got more sense than that. But, you know, it's kind of like the status quo that, you don't have to support Manchester United, Manchester City, Wigan, Bolton, or any of those teams in Greater Manchester to hate Scousers, you know. And I think this is what what is just always being missed when we're talking about who's refereeing our games. Um, saying that he hates Scousers might be a bit of an overstatement. They might be more level-headed than that. But he doesn't take away the fact that there's a good chance that there is some bias against Scousers in there. And Tierney, to me, trying to make out that he's not a Man United supporter because he's from Wigan. It just doesn't wash. I mean, there's a lot of Liverpool fans in Wigan, a lot of Scousers living in Wigan, I'm sure. But, you know, there's also a lot of people in Wigan who, you know, first thing you'll hear from them if you hear anyone talking about Scousers is all the usual stereotypical insults. Yeah. So, you know, as I said, I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you know the same. So you, you've heard it yourself. Yeah, it is a it is a tough one. You just, you think and they say, why give them the chance? But, they're almost never going to have to answer it feels to it so you know it is what it is we'll have to have to see if it does drive any change I mean I I do want to try and finish on a a positive Jim I mean this season so far it's felt there has been even with yesterday far far more positives than any negatives at all does this feel though and maybe it's too strong you might agree disagree this could be sort of a a galvanising one. Siege mentality, as I've heard it called. Could they really use this to sort of go forward now, Liverpool? I think they can, and I think they should. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for that real misfortune for, for Matip at the end, we would have come out of that 1-1. And and if anything, um, in a way, maybe it's done us a favour not to get that, that one extra point that we would have got if the score had ended that way. Um, if we can do that with nine, if we could do as well as we did with ten, and as well as we've had to do with 10 more than once this season. And if we can still do that when, that well with nine against a team that's been made out to be this all-new Tottenham Hotspur, this great club, I'll be honest, if that's the all-new Tottenham Hotspur, then I think the wait for a trophy is probably going to carry on a bit longer. Um, it's not, it's not, um, not that I'm criticising them in the sense that they're not a great team. They are, but we, with eight men, we still managed to make them look ordinary and lacking in ideas. Um, you know, we, we knew how to deal with the 11 against our nine. Well, the 13, 14 against our nine. Um, and to me, yeah, yeah we, you know, we've, we've got to use it. We've got to use it. Um, there's so many good points this season. And I think, you know, if you, if you were talking to the players over the course of the season back at the AXA training ground, you'd be saying, um, you know, you might go through some of the weak points, some of the bad moments, some of the issues, get those tightened up, you know, get those gaps filled, et cetera, et cetera. But then you could definitely leave on a high time and time again with all the good stuff that's going on. Um, I love the fact that we can make 11 changes and still put out a half-decent team. Okay, the team might not be able to go toe-to-toe against, say, Man City, but they don't necessarily 
would even have been embarrassed against Man City. You know, they may not even lose. Um, you know, and, and this is this is good. We've got strength in depth. We've got character in depth. Um, we've got so many young players as well. Um, I would definitely, definitely be using this time and again this season just as a reminder that, you know, a little bit of a reminder of just, just be careful how you react when you're already on a yellow. But, but mainly, um, it doesn't matter what's against you. You've still got a chance of winning games. And, you know, that was almost a fairy tale ending yesterday. Uh, probably was for True. Time. But, you know, we've, we've got to use it. We've got to use it. This, this team this season, there's so much more confidence in this team. And last season, we were all strapped in our heads why it was going wrong. Um, we talked about tiredness and we talked about, you know, there was even talk of Klopp lost the dressing room, all this kind of stuff. They weren't playing for him. They're definitely playing for him now. They are brimming with confidence and they want to go out and win games. Everything is better. They're pressing everything. There's just so much more enthusiasm. Um, you know, at times last season, they looked like a team that couldn't be asked. I don't think you could say that this season at all. And yesterday, you know, if anything, proved it. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And to be honest, people, that's why we call it rage and catharsis today, because hopefully <laughs> as you've experienced that change, you feel the same as us. That Whatever will happen, will happen. But where the Reds are concerned, there is so, so much to still be positive and keep our heads up and plough forward. So the only thing it leads me to say is, Jim, I hope you found that as cathartic as me, pal, in one way. Definitely, definitely. My missus said, um, do it, do it, you'll feel better. I said, yeah, okay. You know, cause you have to get permission to do stuff on a Sunday afternoon, don't you? And she said, go and do it, which probably wants me out of the way, to be honest. I've been fuming that much. <laughs> yeah, fair. I can well, well imagine. But ladies and gents, we hope you enjoy this AI special. And that was Rage and Catharsis. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.